0: I'm John Moe, the host of Wits from APM, American Public Media. You are a fortunate person. Here's why. The next hour of your life is going to be fantastic. First, you'll listen to a newscast. It's going to get you up to date on what's happening, and that's incredibly valuable. should take about five minutes. Then I'm gonna come back and talk to you some more. But it won't be just me. I'll be joined by my pal Andy Richter, who you might know from various TV shows hosted by Conan O'Brien, as well as loads of movies. He has some amazing things to tell us. I did not know this was radio. I could have worn drawstring pants. Also with us, the amazing comedian musician Reggie Watts. Skip Skoosa, hoopity John Munson and the witnesses are here as always. We'll have some laughs. We'll do some thinking. But hey, it wouldn't be the same without you. We'll get started right after this news. This is Wits. I'm John (laughs) Moe. Delighted to have Andy Richter here for the show. I've only met him in person once before today, but of course, I've known him for years and years because... I own a television, and my sort of friends live inside it. Andy's actually one of my oldest TV friends. They, they keep me company, and they make me laugh, and they ask so little of me in return. As a public radio host, I'm not technically legally allowed to own a TV, but as long as you've watched every season of The Wire, they don't really enforce the law. Television of course has a proud history. It was invented in the 1920s when Philo Farnsworth invented a ray that could for the first time capture souls and transmit them through (laughs) tubes built by burly angels. As for the first subjects to lose their souls, Farnsworth chose actors and journalists. Over the years, TV networks, so named for the nets that they originally used to catch the souls, were able to improve the technology so the subjects barely even noticed the loss. Many years later, those who had no souls to begin with did very well indeed on reality television. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when TV carefully dispensed its programs. We were allocated one bonanza per week. We would not exceed our maximum dosage of Dukes of Hazard. If you missed ALF, you had to wait a week for more ALF. And seasons began in the fall, and by this time of year, April, Richie and Fonzie were in repeats, their souls forced to play out the same situations they had lived the previous autumn. That was the order of the universe. But everything's different now. If you missed a show, you can catch it on the Hulu or the iTunes or the DVR or Atari. You missed all the episodes of the show, you can stay up for 72 hours straight and watch every episode of a show ever made. And sometimes that does things to a person. It can give them feelings. (laughs) You fall in love more. I watched Friday Night Lights as back-to-back as I possibly could, and when it ended, I got sad because I already missed the Taylor family, and also, weirdly, Billy and Mindy Riggins, even though they were tertiary characters. (laughs) We get more attached to our Don Drapers and our Peggy Olsons than we ever got to our Potsies or our Ralph mouths, or our Ralph's mouth. (laughs) But it's just as likely that after immersing yourself in all of Breaking Bad on one extended jag, that you wake up and realize you've spent way more time with make-believe Albuquerque meth heads than with people who actually care about you and are real. (laughs) And that's unsettling. Maybe you're lucky enough to have a partner who wants to keep your exact same pace of Battlestar Galactica consumption, (laughs) but really you're probably alone, and you're emotional while you're alone. TV lately has begun making us increasingly human and increasingly isolated at the same time. We're all becoming tender loners. TV is somehow turning us all into Emily Dickinson. Of course, we're all together for this show, so let's have some fun. We've got an amazing show ahead. Andy Richter is with us. Also an artist who will blow your mind, musician, comedian, beatboxer, improvisationalist, the absolutely unique Reggie Watts. This week in 1861, Confederate soldiers opened fire with 50 cannons at Fort Sumter, marking the start of the Civil War. But history, they say, is written by the winners. And in the Civil War, the winners were the humans. We now present the letters of some soldiers who have long been forgotten until today.
1: From Corporal William Oglethorpe, 3rd Tyrannosaurus Rex Division, Union Army, my dearest Matilda. The fellows and I were met with much resistance at a skirmish near Charleston. Each of us managed to eat at least five rebel soldiers, but Perkins was cut down by cannon fire. Poor Perkins, noble beast. His death served as a grim reminder that we shall never have weapons of our own. Even if our tiny, useless arms are capable of holding a musket or Firing a cannon, our peanut-sized brains could never comprehend all the actions necessary. I dream of returning home to Boston, my love. Prepare, uh, perhaps, uh, becoming a banker or a terrifying predator about town. My best to the eggs, your William.
0: Letter from Lieutenant Bertram Hicks, 12th Giraffe Battalion, Union Army. Gwendolyn, again, our troops suffered great losses, including, it grieves me to say, most of my own compatriots. The Union cap puts us all in peril in this horrid war, but when that cap is perched atop a head 20 feet in the air, well, you can imagine where the rebel soldiers shoot first. Our bright yellow color does little to help matters. My health is good, the boys below, the Human boys are struggling to stave off starvation with a supply of hardtack, but we giraffes find plenty of leaves to eat in the tall trees, and we've hit upon a splendid plan for weaponry, which is to affix bayonets to our hooves. I dare say you'd be proud to see us charge the enemy, slashing with our bayonet-strapped feet. I am confident that battlefield giraffes will be a wartime fixture for years to come. Yours, Bertie.
2: Letter from Private Edward Smith, Alabama Shark Regiment, Confederate Army. Dearest Mother, I am bravely fulfilling my role as assigned. I do not question my superior officers when, in the midst of battle, I am removed from the tank and flung at the enemy with great force. I daren't complain when I am left in the mud for hours at a time after glancing off a Union soldier's body or missing them entirely. No, I am proud to carry out these tasks. It is the duty of a soldier to be resilient when loaded up with two or three of my compatriots into a catapult and launched at General Grant's army. And mother, I often see lovely countryside as I fly through the air before landing and trying to bite someone and now I must go. I thank human Private Wilson for transcribing this, and I regret biting off most of his leg to ensure he remained motionless in order to serve as my secretary,
0: your son Ned. This has been a service of the Witz History Foundation. Thank you. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. Andy Richter is best known for his role alongside Conan O'Brien on the old Late Night Show and later the Tonight Show and now Conan on TBS. He's also been in all kinds of movies and TV shows, Elf, Madagascar, Cabin Boy. Andy Richter controls the universe. I think I heard a story years ago that you were on your way to uh, interview for a job at a movie theater. Yes. When the call came in from yes. the Conan show.
2: I got the call that I had gotten the job to work on Conan, and then they called me back to say that I had the job as the assistant manager at a movie theater. <laughs> and I was able to tell them, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, become the m- latter-day Ed McMahon.
0: Uh, <laughs> but you didn't, you didn't aspire to be a TV personality. You didn't aspire no. to be Andy Richter on the TV.
2: I mean, I, you know, if I had to pick something, I that I was aiming for, it would have been, you know, being a character actor in movies.
0: You left the uh, the NBC show, the, the first Conan show for a while, and uh, found your way back, and then there was the whole end of the Tonight Show thing, and that's been talked into the ground, but what I'm really curious about is, what did it look like from where you were sitting? Mm-hmm. What did it look like from your point of view?
2: Well, as it was unfolding, I was fully aware uh, that there would be a book written about it, and then <laughs> and that it was getting a lot of attention, And and it really was sort of interesting, because I I, uh, frequently had the feeling like, so this is what it's like to be in the middle of a historic showbiz disaster. (laughs) It's pretty much like everything else, you know? Every minute has 60 seconds, and about the middle of the day, you start to feel like you want to eat lunch, Uh, you know? You you, you you have to call Jay Leno on the phone and apologize to him for saying smart-ass stuff in print. But uh, you had to apologize to Jay Leno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, what did you say? Um,
0: oh, not, not to lead to another phone call now. No, mind no, you. no.
2: Oh, I would. No, I don't think I. You know, I still have his number, but I don't. I don't think he'd pick up. Um, <laughs> no, there was. He said something in a in a. You know, it was like a cable trade publication about. Uh, if they offered him the Tonight Show back, that he would take it. And it wasn't the question that was asked. It was, would you like to be on at 11.30 again? And he said, oh, you mean if they offered the Tonight Show again, would I take it? Which wasn't the question. And I thought that was, I said in an interview I did, I thought that was a classless answer. Um, which, I said, that, you know, the classy thing to say would be, oh, that's a silly question. Conan's already there and he's doing a great job. Yeah, you know. Um, and then uh, I, I got a call from someone that Jay wanted me to call him and apologize. So I had to call and go, oh, you know, I mean, because we, we still, at that point, wanted to keep our job. So I it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, it's a long, you know, it's it, it's written about in the book. I'm whatever sure. Whatever that book yeah, is, I'm sure you can read about
0: it in Bill Carter's book, <laughs> The
2: Kerfuffle or
0: whatever it's called. <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder, and it's not just on, on your show, but on a lot of shows, when there's a guest who I, I just don't know who that person is, and I don't know why they're famous, and I'm sitting there thinking, what's the deal with that guy? If you're thinking that same thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I frequently,
2: one of the things I like to do to Conan to torture him is if, uh, if there is a guest that, you know, is sort of borderline loathsome, Um, I like to say like right before they come out like oh boy this one's a real winner and then because he will say to me I have to get myself in a frame of mind where I'm excited to talk to this person will you please stop it so it's fun to do that to just you know go like oh god I hate that person he's like I do too but that's not the point I'm to talk to him for six minutes I have to act excited about their new
0: cologne. So really, you were the one who aspired to be an actor, but Conan's the one who ends up doing the acting. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, he's m- much more interested in actually talking to people than I am. So <laughs> on, the, on the talk show yeah, that you yeah, work on. It's like he, yeah. he has a genuine cu- curiosity about other people, and I don't.
0: Lots more to come. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. <laughs> Reggie Watts is with us. Hi, Reggie. Hello. Now, Reggie, you're, you're from Great Falls, Montana. That's and correct. everyone that I meet from Great Falls, and I've met a few of them, have a sort of eccentricity about them. Why?
3: <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's kind of a bubble around Montana, there's not a very big population. And there's a lot of space, and um, a lot of great geological and geographical uniquenesses. Um, I, you know, I think, I think if you've got a creative mind and you want to do something there, you can just kind of go for it.
0: Could you describe for our radio audience what kind of equipment you have on stage with you?
3: I have a couple pedals, like they're guitar pedals, and they're, uh, they, they are loop pedals, so they, they, they can uh, repeat what I've recorded over and over again, and I can layer things on top of them. And I also have a, a very red keyboard.
0: <laughs> it's highly red. Now, um, you used to be in a band called uh, Tube, which was an experimental band, but it was very much a traditional band. And now you, you know, comedian, musician, multi-instrument, how did you morph into doing the thing you're doing now? It was, it was a very organic thing.
3: Uh, I was in many bands in Seattle for a long time, and... Um, I started messing around with effects pedals um, in those bands like for my voice. So I started using guitar pedals. Um, and just over time, I, I would kill a little bit of time in between um, breaks when, when I do uh, kind of more informal kind of jam session stuff. And uh, I just really loved that feeling of being up there by myself and having these pedals. And uh, And then I kind of discovered... Uh, Stella and the state and, um, and those guys re-inspired me to get into comedy again and I moved to New York and had an opportunity to start doing stuff and, uh, and I was using my pedals and no one said um, don't do that so <laughs> I continued
0: Well there's no way to describe what's about to happen but here's Reggie Watts
4: Say up your initial response you've got to find the hidden scroll but it takes a turn to reach into your backpack so you lose a turn and you find the scroll yeah you roll some dice and make sure that everything all of be fine but you get hit by that <laughs> from ice. Ice 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 ice. Ice, ice 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 on. get on. Yeah. get on. Oh, no. you, the big, the big one, 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 on the some the of no the big one, no
0: now, Reggie, I have a follow-up question, which is, how much of that was planned and how much of that was occurring to you in the moment?
3: Uh, no, I didn't plan any of it, but I, <laughs> I, was just, I was hoping something good would happen.
0: I think something good happened. <laughs> this is Wits. I'm John Moe. Andy Richter, you are a TV veteran. You've had shows named after you, and you're a skilled veteran improviser. Reggie Watts, you're not so bad at making stuff up on the spot either. (laughs) So we're going to play a little game called Pitch Season, and it's a competition to see really who's a better person between Andy and Reggie. Because what is art if not a quantifiable competition? Right. I'm going to give you the title of a TV show, both of you. Andy, you will need to take that title, this is a a title for a show that doesn't exist, and explain the premise of the show. Sure. Reggie, the theme song is your department. You're free to add lyrics if you like. That's a a
2: relief to me, because I'd be terrible with the song part.
0: Right. It's really for the best. And I will declare the winner of each round probably unfairly. (laughs) Capriciously. Capriciously also. Yes. All right. Are you ready? It doesn't matter, because here we go. All right. Andy, you'll go first. Your show is Mummy Town. Mummy Town? All right, well, um,
2: it's about... Uh, it's, a, it's a spinoff of Cougar Town, basically. <laughs> uh, Cougar Town, of, of course, being the notion of older, divorced women who then pray on younger men, sure. but I mean, but the prey is a willing prey. Right. This is much the same thing, with, but, but with very old men. <laughs> Thus, the mummies in Mummy Town. It's about very old men on the, on the jam of death's door. Okay. <laughs> and the young, sexy women who make love to them. Comedy, drama, mystery—a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, you got to be everything these days. Sure, dramedy. Yeah.
0: Okay, Reggie, can you lay down the theme to, to Mummy Town?
4: Mummy Town.
0: I like, the, uh, I like the phrase, the jam of death do- death's door, and I thought that was really evocative. Uh, Reggie's was much simpler, but you can't deny right, the right. beat. Point to Reggie the, for that. Uh, the, oh! I'm
2: sorry. That's all right, it's all right. No, I can come I'm back. I'm sorry. I would like to say, though, that the final image of that would be a walker that gets pushed outside a door, and then a bra gets thrown on top of it.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Taking it away from Reggie and giving yeah, that one yeah. to Andy. You stole, nice steal. All right. Uh, Reggie, you lead off with the, the next program. Right. Um, th- the name of this show is Would You Like Meat With That? <laughs> <laughs>
4: An excess of vegetables An excess of vegetables
0: Would you like a little bit of meat with that? All right. Annie Richter, describe to us the premise of Would You Like Meat With That? Um,
2: it's a drama. <laughs> uh, it's about a, uh, a, a rough-and-tumble downtown produce market. And a young upstart uh, comes in. He's fresh out of college, but he decides he's going to make it in the wholesale meat business. Okay. And so he's going to try and... butcher on the make. Yes. But he figures, why go to the meat packing district? Go to where there isn't meat to sell meat. It's a terrible idea, and the show's going to (laughs) fail. But... Uh, we do have a good catchy theme song. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. I think on the strength of the falsetto alone, i got to give that round to Reggie right. Watts. All right. Andy, starting with you this time, Lily's Feelings. Oh. Lily's
2: Feelings. Um, this is about a, a young girl robot... Named Lily, she uh, is a robot, she starts in a new school, the other kids are aware she's a robot, they first ask, why are you here, you're a robot, you don't need an education, you could just get programmed. Um, once again, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but there is a... That won't a, a,
0: keep it off TV, you understand. No, no, I understand yeah. that.
2: Um, and she finds a robot boy who turns out to be gay. <laughs>
0: Reggie, uh, when it's time to tune in into R- Lily's feelings, how does the theme song go? Well I think
3: it goes, hopefully a little, hopefully a little bit like this. Um, all
4: right Lily's feelings) Feeling for a little while Search through the haze of communication networks Lily's feelings are all her own Or release the perception that she's got feelings I never know Lily, do you feel me? Lily, feelings she has feelings
0: Ooh. It's tender. You can't deny that it's
2: tender. Yeah. It's very tender. I got oh, to... and it's Miley Cyrus.
0: Okay. <laughs> you like to jump on with that extra yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. don't you?
2: All right. It's um, not to try to win. It's just, to, it's you know, for... it's out of shame of feeling like I kind of screwed it up the
0: first time. <laughs> uh, let's go to an audience vote on this one. Is the winner of this round Andy Richter? Is the winner of this round, Reggie Watts? Reggie. I think it's Reggie. All right. They're both both awesome. sides get a point. Fine. Uh, All yay. right. That makes this the, the tiebreaker. All right, Reggie, you start this one. And this one's, this one's a little more sci-fi. This one's a little tougher sounding, a little more fantasy. Wolfhound and Castleface. <laughs> <laughs> you got to consider the yeah. gauntlet thrown at this point.
2: Well, I mean, this one writes itself. <laughs> Wolfhound, obviously, is a young werewolf lawyer uh, who places an ad for a roommate because nobody wants to live with a werewolf. I mean, it's sure. a dangerous thing to live yeah. with a werewolf. Yeah. He thinks he strikes gold when an undead guy comes in. Castleface, Castleface. kind of like a modern-day Frankenstein, uh-huh. but he's really cute. And um, he comes in and, and you know, uh, wo- what's it, wolf what? Wolfhound. Wolfhound. Wolfhound thinks, like, all right, you know, this is going to work because I can't kill what's already dead when I transform into a wolf. But then it turns out Castleface is a club DJ who lives a crazy life and is ruining Wolfhound's sleep. He's a big corporate lawyer. He can't put up with all these shenanigans.
0: Like I said, that one, that one was obvious, though. The winner's Andy Richter. Thank you. Congratulations, Andy. I'm sorry, Reggie. You, you did your best. That's fun.
2: It, it, I was inspired know. by the theme. That was good. Yeah, Casual <laughs> face.
0: Although I would watch all those shows and definitely on DVD. (laughs) Here's Reggie Watts.
5: This next song is a favorite of mine. And um, I've been working on it for a long time. And it's a really special occasion to be able to share it here um, always um, here to a new um, audience. Um, You know, um, radio is a special thing. And a lot of people uh, don't remember until it's too late. And I... um, (laughs) I think you're all doing a great job here so um, this is the song um, for you uh, guys
4: A what you say never gets when you hear generation baby that you got the right idea <laughs> and I want to take clearly that you you're in the right field <laughs> <laughs> and even if you wanted some you never knew you needed it all and when you put yourself down on the line chicory and rose hips and Oregon oils and trade sequestering emulators and a newly devised plan to redistribute the wealth of the world in a unique sense. Using online platforms, it's easy if you just stay a while stay a while and leave with a smile
0: Thank you. Support for wits comes from Icebergs, who would like to remind you that the sinking of the Titanic was an accident. It's not like we cruise around looking to sink ships. What kind of monsters do you think we are? If anything, that ship attacked us. Anyway, even if you humans were mad, we could have talked about it. You didn't have to go and pollute the planet to the point where all of us are melting. We're sorry about your stupid boat you jerks. <laughs> Support for Wits also comes from woo! Proudly serving excited dudes and their need to express themselves for 40 years. <laughs> this is a program called Wits and I am a host called John Mo. is wits I'm John Moe Pop Song Correspondences A letter to Elton John from the office of the NASA administrator Dear Mr John This letter is to inform you of your termination from the NASA astronaut program our decision comes after a great deal of deliberation and we felt it was the only choice we had. Your offenses have been many.
6: She packed my bags last night, three flights. Zero hour, 9 a.m.
0: We had hoped that after the hundreds of hours of training you received, you would understand the measures in place to prepare a crew for a launch. So when you showed up pre-flight with a bag packed by your wife, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Jewelry, oversized sunglasses, sandwiches, on a rocket flight? That's poor judgment, Mr. John.
6: And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then.
0: You should also know that many on the ground crew mentioned that at zero hour, you seem to be intoxicated, possibly on doobies, as the hippies say. At the time, I disregarded it, but the transmissions you made once the craft had entered its orbit made me wonder.
6: I miss the Earth so much, I miss my wife. Lonely
0: out in space. Over and over, we would ask for your readings on the effects of weightlessness, the craft's condition, the status of the numerous experiments on board. But instead of giving us that information, you moped about missing the Earth and missing your wife and being lonely in space. Well, damn it, Mr. John. You knew what you were getting yourself into up there. It's not like riding on a rocky roll tour bus, it's space. It's lonely. After demanding data from you for days, you were only able to offer this insight.
6: Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there.
0: If you did What? There's no one there to raise them if you did raise them on Mars? Look, we did not send you up there to evaluate whether Mars is fit for human habitation or child-rearing. You didn't even go to Mars.
6: And all the science I don't understand Just a job five days a week.
0: We expect a great deal from our astronauts, but perhaps the most important part of the job, and I, I can't stress this enough, is an understanding of science. For our top men Armstrong, Aldrin and the like, it's more than a nine to five job. They work at it seven days a week. Can you even spell science? think
6: it's gonna be a long long time till touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no, no, no. I'm a rocket
0: man. And another thing, the word is astronaut. When you run around Cape Canaveral saying I'm a rocket man, that's embarrassing for everyone.
6: Rocket I think it's gonna be a long, long, time And I think it's gonna be a long,
0: long time Your place will be taken by one uh, Major Tom, who we expect will be a more dedicated and reliable member of the team. He certainly can't be any worse. Sincerely, James C. Fletcher, NASA Administrator.
6: Think it's gonna be a long, long
3: time All right, everybody, please pipe down, pipe down, everyone. I'd like to thank all the parents for coming to our summer camp open house tonight. And we have reps from three camps with us, and... I'll just
5: let you introduce yourselves.
0: Hey, uh, I'm uh, Kevin Murphy from Camp Champion. We offer competitive sports in an intense, challenging setting designed to bring out the best in your kids. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Corbett. I'm with Camp Care. It's a nurturing environment. Arts and crafts, poetry, song, hacky sack. Uh, Hey, everybody. Uh,
2: I'm Jason from Camp Crystal Lake. And... uh, (laughs) We are going to have a great
0: summer, and, um, yeah, great summer. Uh, Excuse me, did you say your name was Jason from Camp Crystal Lake? What's your last name? Voorhees, uh, uh, Jason Voorhees.
6: But aren't you the murderer, like, the one that killed all those teenagers in that movie?
2: Okay, that movie was a total exaggeration of what really happened. How so? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm not as tall as the actor who played me.
6: But you did murder all those people.
2: (laughs) You know, I thought we were here to talk about this summer. I mean, it's this summer that matters. We have a great new tetherball court at Camp Crystal Lake.
0: Oh, yeah, well, at Camp Champion, we offer a complete football stadium, Olympic-sized pool. Well, well, Camp Care doesn't offer any sports, but we are (laughs) murder-free. Hi, uh, yeah, another question for Jason. My son really likes hockey. You guys offer hockey, right? Uh, hockey, no, I'm afraid not. Oh, well, I just thought with that hockey mask you're wearing that you would. Well, no, this, this is just my thing. I, so I guess you don't offer any kind of lumberjack classes either? Oh, heavens no, no, insurance would be a nightmare on that with kids, I mean, come on.
2: No, the chainsaw and the ax are just, you know, good luck charms, part of my thing again, you know? Uh,
6: yeah, getting back to the murdering, of the people? Mm-hmm. Uh, will there be more of that this summer?
2: Boy, you know, I would love to sit here and tell you no.
6: <laughs> that would be nice. I'd like that. Could,
0: yeah, I, could you do that? Could Again, you tell us no? no? murdering at my camp. Well, yeah, we see some sprained ankles, but... you, know, no, you know.
2: s- See, guys, you got to understand, a lot happens over the course of a summer. No murders, I mean, I think that's always our goal. But you know, then you never know, there's an ancient curse, or maybe I come across a new power tool that
0: you (laughs) simply gotta try. Oh, well, thanks anyway, but I don't think we want our kids being campers somewhere they could get killed. Oh, 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 campers? Oh my gosh, is that what you're afraid of? Well, yeah, because with you being a murder monster.
2: Yeah, and the axe and the chainsaw. Oh, I am so sorry. No, no, listen, guys. The only people who get murdered are the counselors. Like, you know, when they try to hook up or take a walk in the woods or something, your kids are going to be fine. Oh, oh, good. That's a boat off. Yeah. All right,
3: then. Uh, registration forms here at the front, and thank you all
5: for coming.
0: Go Camp Crystal Lake. This is Wits, a program. I'm John Moe. And now, the Wits lightning round. I'm sure this is... A- Exactly a competition, but it often feels like one. So, you know, good luck. No way. We're going to do this together. Okay, teamwork. Right, PETA?
2: I'll be Katniss. (laughs) We'll eat the berries together. Do you know what I'm talking about? Totes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Does this end with me being brutally murdered? (laughs) That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Lightning round. Uh, This one is to both of you. How do you explain what you do for a living to a five-year-old?
2: Um, I, uh, I talk on TV. I, I'm, a, I'm a mystical f- fever bat.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say fever bat? Okay. A fever bat. Uh, to Andy, first concert you ever attended?
2: Uh, it would be Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I believe it, I think it was the Damn the Torpedoes tour. All right. Reggie Watts, first album you ever bought with your own money? First album was, um, oh,
0: uh, Prince Around the World in a Day. <laughs> nice. uh, to Andy, favorite nickname for a grandmother? Um, gum Gum. All right. (laughs) To Reggie, if you created a prescription drug, what would it be for, and what would the side effects be? Uh, It would be for
3: uh, realizing very, very specific things, Um, and uh, the side effect would be that you would only remember that specific thing, and you would forget who you were.
2: (laughs) To Andy Richter preference <laughs> can i answer that one yeah because i would love a drug that like made me tolerate small talk <laughs> and but still i would like the side effect to be diarrhea so that you have to get out of it <laughs> i really ha- i gotta you know i'd love to stay and chit chat but yeah. i gotta go
0: i've <laughs> got an appointment yeah yeah uh, to Reggie, having used vampires and werewolves, what other species should be added to the Twilight series? Oh, geez, um, I would say maybe
3: li- liches. Liches? <laughs> yeah, it's a Dungeons and Dragons creature. It's a really powerful undead uh, wizard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, to Andy, is math important? Uh, yes, but not to me. All right. Andy Richter, if you were sent to a desert island, what do you think you might have done that caused that to happen? Um, I've uh, been fabulous and went on a fabulous
2: cruise. And it was too fabulous. The fabulousness sunk the boat. But
0: you were fabul- uh, fabulous enough to get to the island. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. You know what? The yeah. island is fabulous. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, finally, Reggie Watts, who would win in a fight between a gorilla and a shark in a swamp? Um, I'm going
3: to have to say probably a gorilla, because it could stay above the swamp water. All right. You know, the shark would just get gummed up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, here's Reggie Watts.
5: Thank you, darlings. Thank you, darlings, very much. So... Um, are you going to be coming over tomorrow? Yes, I believe I will be coming over tomorrow, um, maybe around 3:30 or something like that. Okay, well, I just want to make sure that you're going to be here at 3:30 because usually, as always, you uh, tend to be a little bit uh, a little bit behind the time that we arrange uh, that we agree agree on to various means of correspondence. Yes, I understand that. Um, <laughs> however, you know things do come up in my field. I know. But you have to also consider the fact that I'm not really here. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's still no excuse.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Um, you guys ever, like... Have you guys ever, like, gone and um, gone and done... Have you ever done that? If you, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Have you guys ever, um, you guys ever tried to... Um, you have? Okay. Um... <laughs> Have you guys ever tried to see like something and then was like, I I don't know if that's, uh uh-huh. Oh, that's cool, that's so cool. Okay, all right, here we go.
4: So remember that those were never terms and people just kind of regarded themselves as human beings in different stages of experience. Whoa.
0: Larissa Anderson. Our team includes Mark Sanchez, Rob Byers, Julia Schrenkler, Jen Deo, Jeff Kamen, Bethany Barberg, and the staff of the Fitzgerald Theater. Wits is written by me with help from writer-performers Bill Corbett, Kevin Murphy, and Joseph Scrimshaw. Music director John Munson and the witnesses Steve Rome, Joe Savage, and Janie Winterbauer. Musical guest Reggie Watts. And of course, the great Andy Richter. This is developed by Tony Boll and Peter Clowney and is a production of APM, American Public Media. I'm John Moe. Bye now.